Welcome to the old school meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. My name is Don. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I am thrilled to be able to be here. It's 20 to 10 in my time. I live in the beautiful farm town of Hollis, New Hampshire. So I'm a long way from, from where most of you guys are. It's a beautiful farm town, and we raise a lot of apples here. I came into program 20, almost 21 years ago. And when I walked through the doors to program, I weighed 325 pounds. Got on a scale yesterday morning and I was 208 pounds. Now, how long have I kept it off? Well, I started going down right after I first walked in the door. <laughs> Continued to decrease. And I've kind of leveled out right here at about 200 pounds, 210 pounds, right in that area. And I'm very happy with that. I've maintained that weight loss for the better part of almost 20 years now. And I'm very happy about that. I walked in the door here for a reason. The reason I walked in the door was because I was a fat guy. And I knew that I was in trouble. I knew that my health was going to go south on me if I didn't do something positive. So I came into Overeaters Anonymous not really knowing what to expect. Now, why do I stay? I don't stay because of the food. Uh, my food is kind of like off secondary to me. After 20 years of doing this, I know what I'm supposed to eat. I know what I'm not supposed to eat. I have a structured food plan. But the real reason that I stay here is for the mental. It's for my ability to change, to make myself a better person. When I walked through the door, I was a very angry, very heavy man. Very angry and very heavy. And I was mad at everybody and everything. And today, people tell me they, they can't believe that I was an angry guy. Well. I, I hope that it stays that way. I don't ever want to be that angry person again. My life started out um, in Chicago, Illinois. My family moved to California when I was six months old. And we lived in a little town called Lamita, California, which is not too far from Los Angeles. So we lived there and my father decided that he no longer wanted to have a family. So he left us. I was six when my dad left. My mom looked at me and she says, guess what? You're now the man of the family. So I said, okay, I'll do the best I can, mom. I was six. We moved back to Illinois um, by the time I was seven. And I got my very first job when I was nine years old. I worked in a liquor store. I stocked the shelves, I swept the floors, I washed the windows, I cleaned the restrooms because it was also a bar. When the guy that owned it had to go to the bank at nine years old, I would tend the bar. I had to bring soda cases 
they were wooden at the time and bring the wooden soda case over to the bar so I could get up high enough so I could pour the beer. And that's where I started. And I have not been without a job since I was nine years old. Now, does that make me a mad, angry, bitter man? No. Our family was myself, my mom, and my two brothers. So we had to pull together. And that's what we did. We pulled together so that we could make it. And when we moved back to Illinois, um, life was a little tough. My mother was a divorced woman, had three children. And in the 60s, it was still looked down on for a woman to be a divorced woman and to have children. It was a broken home. And as a matter of fact, when I asked my wife out for the my first date with her, her father and mother said, no, he comes from a broken home. You can't go out with him. He's going to be a bad seed. Well, as it turned out, uh, did a lot of things. We ended up getting married. She was 17. I was 18 when we got married. And uh, we've been married 51 years. And we have a daughter that's 50 and a half. So you do the math. <laughs> but the long and short of it is uh, we've had a good life together we've had our ups and downs and she will tell you that life with me has never been boring but we re renewed our vows for our 50th wedding anniversary and one of the things that she said was life with you has never been boring as long as I've been with you you've been a pain in my ass but I wouldn't have it any other way so that's kind of a good thing so I'm thinking you know things turned out to be pretty good I, uh, I've done a lot of things for a living. I've been a prison guard. I was a welder. I was a construction worker. Why did I do those things? Because when I was in high school, my guidance counselor said to me, guess what? You're too stupid to go to college. Oh, really? So I took all the shop classes. Fast forward to today. I, uh, I'm an engineer, a degreed engineer, licensed professional engineer. I also have my master's degree in business administration. I have worked toward my PhD, and I've also been an instructor at Harvard. So I, I guess maybe I wasn't quite as stupid as he thought I was. Well, you begin to build a little bit at a time, and you keep hoping that life is going to get better. Well, for my wife and for me, life started getting better. I got hurt in a really bad accident, went back to college. I graduated from college and got a good job and I built a career. I've been very fortunate in my life. Now, when I started working for an insurance broker, I walked in the door there, I weighed 198 pounds. When I left there, I weighed 325 pounds. Now, why did that happen? Because I entertained clients. I traveled all the time. I didn't exercise. I had a very poor lifestyle. And what that did is it made me angry, made me hard to get along with. I was successful in business, but a lot of it had to be forced. So I walk in the door to OA because something's got to change. There's a Chinese philosophy that says the only thing in life that you can be sure of, that you can be assured of, is change. Some people say to me, how about death and taxes? Well, guess what? When you die, that's a change. You change from life to death. 
when you pay it, I don't want you guys, but I pay the same in taxes pretty much. I don't pay the same in taxes every year. It's always different. So there's change everywhere. I walked through the doors of, of OA and I said, something seriously got to change. So I looked around the room and I saw people that were just like me. People that had problems with food. People that were overweight. But guess what? I saw people that were thin too and I wanted to talk to them. Because I figured they never had a weight problem in their lives. And then I found out that guess what? These people did have weight problems. These people had been coming to OA for years and they have worked their programs. They do everything they can to stay as abstinent as they possibly can. And that inspired me. So I started thinking about things. But, you know, am I a nice guy? No. Do I need help? Yeah. So I started looking at steps one, two, and three. And I realized that the problem was me. And I had to do something about it. I looked at steps one, two, and three and said, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff in my life I wish I could get rid of. And that's when I started writing my fourth step. I found a whole lot of things in my fourth step, things that were my fault, things that were the fault of other people. And I realized that I had resentments, but I also had a lot of amends to make. It took me almost 20 years to give away my fourth step because everybody I went to go to give away my fourth step to, they somehow disappeared out of OA. I guess maybe I picked some people that were not really committed. I finally gave it away last year. And I'll be very honest with you, it's probably one of the best things I ever did. It freed me up. Now, what's good about OA? I'm looking here, I got nine minutes and 26 seconds that I've been speaking already. I can't believe time goes so fast. But anyway, long and short, what's good about OA? Well, number one, I think it's made me a kinder person. I found that it doesn't cost a single dime to be kind. I absolutely find it's easy to be kind to people. If somebody wants to be unkind to me, that's fine. I just walk away. I don't need to stand there. I don't need to give them my power. My power is for me to be kind, for me to be confident and take care of myself. My program is first and I have to be right up there with it. I got to take care of me. Because if I don't take care of me, I can't be there for anybody else. Can't love anybody else if I'm not there for myself. So I said, all right, I need to be kinder. What else do I need to be? I need to be grateful. Am I grateful? Yes, as a matter of fact, I'm very grateful. I don't know how many of you do a, 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 a gratitude list, but I do one every morning. Sometimes it's written down. Sometimes it's on my iPad. Sometimes it's just sitting there, me saying my prayer before I eat my breakfast. But I do a gratitude list every single morning because I don't ever want a day to go by that I don't think of something that I'm grateful for. I want to make sure that in my life, I am willing to say thank you for all the good things that have happened in my life. Has it been a good life? Oh, you betcha. If all of the money that I've ever made and all of everything else went away and I've got my, fam my family, and my friends, my life will have been a success. I look at my friends and my family as the success factor in the life that I lead. I'm able to do service. 
I'm the timer for a meeting. I've led meetings. I speak. Um, I'm willing to do what it takes because it gives back to me more than I give it. After I do a qualification, I always feel fantastic. And I hope and pray to God that something that I said is good for somebody else, that it helps inspire them to do the next right thing. You know, we had toll roads here for a long time where you had to actually go through and you had to pay the toll taker. We don't have toll takers anymore, but we used to have. And I would go through after I first started in program and I would hand them the bucket took to go through the toll. And then I'd hand them another buck and I'd say, can you pay for the car behind me? I didn't know who they were. It didn't matter. But what it did is these people are waving at me as I'm going down the road. They're all psyched up. It was a dollar. A dollar. And you know what? It was something kind. It started their day out right. Now, there is um, a reason to start your day out right. If you start your day out positive, if you start your day out right, chances are you got much better chance that it's going to be a positive or a good day the rest of the time of your day. The rest of your day is going to be good. Really? Yeah, one of the first things I do when I get up in the morning is I make my bed. I read a book by a Navy Admiral that talked about, and the title of the book was Make Your Bed. So what's the first thing you do in the morning? You get up, you make your bed, because guess what? You accomplish something positive to start your day. So what's the next thing I do? Well, I get ready for my breakfast. I pray before I take my meal, and I thank God for the food on my table and for the fact my feet hit the floor. And then what I also do. Five is, minutes. Thank you. I sit with my, I sit with my iPad. And everybody that's on my instant messenger, I tell them good morning. I wish them a good day. And I've got about 65 or 70 people that I wish a good day to. Why do I do that? Because I want somebody to say something positive to somebody, to start their day in a positive way. Where did I learn this? Here at program. Because that's service. That's service I do for other people. People that I don't know them all really well. And some of them I know very well. But if I can start their day in a positive way, I'm really happy about that. I think that's fantastic. I focus on trying to do things to help people in program and out of program. I try to look at life as an opportunity to make new friends. That's why when I was asked to speak here, I said, sure, absolutely. Because I'm going to try to make friends here from California to New Hampshire. What a great connection that is. I came in the door here at 325 pounds, went down to 200. And lowest I've been is I was down to 197, and I had to put some weight back on because it hurt to sit down. <laughs> Got a little too bony back there. So I put a few pounds back on at 208 pounds. I feel really, really good. Why do I feel good about it? Because that's how much I weighed when I graduated from high school. 208 pounds. And I will tell you, it's a great feeling to know that I have health. Yeah, that's really cool. I have friends. That's really cool. I have a beautiful family. That's really cool. If I hadn't come into program, I guarantee my wife and I would not be married today. We would have had more problems because I was an angry man. But because I came into program, 
It didn't rock my relationship. It saved my relationship. I look at program and I read my literature. Yeah, I read it. I read the literature. I read For Today, Voices of Recovery. And of course, I read my own literature, which is the Bible. I uh, also uh, try to practice the 12 steps and the 12 traditions to the best of my ability. I also attend a meeting where what we do is we do a 12-step study because I want to know more about it. I want to know the success that's there. So I do an awful lot of things that try to keep my, my myself centered. I try to keep myself balanced because life is so good. Life is so good. After 20 years of being in this program, do I worry about the food? No, because I know what my food plan is. Do I worry about this up here? Sure, because life gets in the way. Life gets in the way. And I focus on how can I turn the negative into the positive? How can I find ways to look for the positive that the program can bring to me? The program really gives me. I had a friend of mine. He became my sponsee. When we started out, he and I hated each other. He became my sponsee. We became very, very good friends. We stayed friends until he passed away. He was an older gentleman. He passed away. And I won't tell you the honest God truth. I cried like a baby when I lost him because he was my friend. But we started out as enemies, mortal enemies in OA. And we went from mortal enemies to best friends. And ultimately, it was a gift to me having had him in my life. The people that I have in, in my life from OA are fantastic. I will tell you uh, very quickly, uh, on Friday, day after Thanksgiving, there's going to be 12 guys get together. We're going to a men's breakfast. Men's breakfast? Yeah, well, guys don't typically do that sort of stuff, but we're going to get together and just be OA buddies. And we're going to go there, no judgment zone. We're One minute left. Thank you. We're going there. For one purpose, one purpose only, that's to support each other, to be there for each other, to let all of us know that we're not alone. Tonight, it's been a gift to me to be able to talk with all of you. I wish you a very positive tomorrow. I also wish you all a very happy and abstinent Thanksgiving. Thanks and God bless.